to a brand new edition of The Call. It is a Baltimore Ravens podcast where we talk anything and everything Baltimore Ravens football. Thank you all for listening to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms, especially Overcast. Overcast. Sorry, I'm taking show notes. Dude, I'm trying to get my show notes together and I missed the Overcast, see? I'm I'm all in it. I'm all in. There we go. All in. That's, That's later this month. I'm like Adam Schefter. Like, I got to get the breaking news, man. Happy preseason week number two to you. Preseason. Here we go. The streak. The streak is alive. It is? Let's not spoil everything. Yeah, not kidding. We have an action-packed show, don't we? And I threw you off with that preview. I thought thought I'd have some fun with this, man. You were scaring me. You're, you're you're tweeting out these weird things about the Jersey Shore and other stuff, and I'm so confused. But you are so excited. The streak continues for the Baltimore Ravens. Week one is in the books for the preseason. I mean, like you said, there's too much to uh, to waste any kind of time here. So what do we start off with? Do we start off with with uh, the situation? I don't know what 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 we're talking about with the Jersey Shore. Twenty four. Well, we do have or a whatever. situation with the we do have a situation with the Jersey, but it isn't the Shore. Okay. We're on video. Obviously, you see you see the number, right? I, I see you got number seven on. Well, all right. You know who that is, Mr. Bowler. <laughs> you're you're look look. You're not hardcore until you have a Kyle Bowler jersey. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. You know anything? Look, I got the Kyle Bowler jersey. Those were the days. You want it? You want to bash Lamar and everybody? All you want? Hey, right here. Number seven, formerly number eight, Kyle, my man, Bowler. Dark days. So I thought I had some fun with it, man. I was like going through my Raven stuff, and I was like, I gotta wear, I gotta wear this. <laughs> now, is this an eBay purchase? Did you buy it while he was an official Raven? Is this an antique? Is this a vintage jersey from your own collection? Do you want better? Uh oh, it is actually an authentic jersey from the team yard sale. Really? Boom! Team issued. Hello. <laughs> So that's got some Kyle Bowler sweat right in there. It is a one of a kind. One of a kind. All right. Very and, cool. Yeah, Kyle was one of a kind, and it was some days. Going from that jersey to the other jersey, you probably don't know the reference, but for my Jersey Shore fans out there, obviously I'm a reality TV guy, right? Jersey Shore is number one. Obviously, Sammy came back this week, liked my, my tweet or X or post, whatever you want to call it these days. There's a reference, and that's why I wanted to throw in 24, and I probably should have mentioned, what, Jack Bauer, too? You're familiar with the series 24, right? I, I know the series. I've never watched it. You've never watched it? Never watched it. Wow. <laughs> well, we need to start you on episode number one, day number one. I think, yeah, we need to we need to get you, you hooked. We have a lot of downtime this fall. I think we're going to have to get you hooked on some 24. And uh, it's leading up to the 24th straight preseason win. For the Ravens, but before we get to all that and unpack it, and because I have a lot to talk about, we have a lot to talk about for sure. Reason why I kind of mentioned 24 in the Jersey Shore series, you know, you know all the characters, right? The sure. characters from Jersey Shore, so you know J. Well, right? Right. Her newest, 
your newest uh, man in her life, right, Zach? Apparently, he was 24 on the show originally when he appeared. So the the castmates kept calling him 24. It's really funny. So that's kind of why I threw it in there. Ultimately, leading to Saturday night with a 20 to 19 victory over the Philadelphia Eagles. How about it? 24 straight preseason wins. And for the record, I love the fact that RG3 sides with us because these things, we talked about it last show, right? You asked me, you were like, had the conversation of, does it really mean anything? Do you care? Does a streak matter? Like to RG3's point and our point earlier, yes, it matters because it sets the winning precedent. I talked about in the stance, the same thing that echoed what RG3 said. I said, unfortunately, it doesn't translate to regular season wins and success, right? But I've always said it, it breeds the winning culture. It's it's amazing because of the high turnover of the different players and teams every year um, in the coaching staff. It's a testament to that. You know, kudos to RG3 for jumping on that. And obviously he lived through it, right? He played here two, three years um, under that. So he knows what it's like. But, um, dude, how about it, man? Uh, would you, uh, what was your vantage point for the game? Where'd you go? What'd you do? Well, because I was at the Blair Witch on uh, in Burkittsville on Saturday, I watched the game uh, on YouTube TV. I, it's my first time watching a, a football game on YouTube TV. I have been a cable guy for a while. But, cable uh, guy? <laughs> how, how did the YouTube TV go? What's that like? It was good. I mean, it, they just uh, you just watch it via the the local channel here and just record that. And uh, I th I thought you know we do have a great production staff here with the Ravens, so it was uh, a great uh, a great production for a preseason game. You know, Jerry Sandusky always good on the call. Uh, it was great to see some of the the sideline reporters. Uh, the NFL Network even carried our our broadcast, so I, I thought it was good. It was it was a fun time to watch it. Uh, I've missed Ravens football. I think my girlfriend actually said that she thought. That the crowd was a little quiet on Saturday night, but uh, I was watching it Sunday as I was, uh, you know, going through the recording. I mean, I thought it was a pretty good, good crowd. I think they had a good, uh, a good amount of noise going on. It didn't wasn't a sellout, but it was still a good crowd considering it was preseason. Yeah, it was noisy there. Yeah, towards the end when like had the people already left. Yeah, but no, in the beginning of the game it was certainly good. I mean, the Eagles fans were vocal. We heard the Eagles chant in the corner of the uh, stadium down there where they were. There was Eagles fans present, but no, it was pretty cool. Glad you guys got, or at least got to watch the game some uh, fashion. But it was, a, it was a great environment. It was hot and muggy, but it was great to be down at the bank, the one and only preseason game until September 10th when they do it for real against the Houston Texans at home. They open uh, the season at home uh, for the home end season opener all in one. Again, great to see some uh, familiar faces in my section 517. Just getting the band back together, getting everybody together. We always have a thing in our section. We high-five, hug each other. We always say, happy season. You know, happy, happy new season or happy season. Everybody's, like, catching up. Let's break this down, shall we? So I want to just tell you this, right? Before we break down the Ravens' game plan and how they approach things and who emerged, who didn't, I must say, from my perspective, I got to share some things with you, man. When I, when I, when I mentioned, and I'm going to unpack the, the tease, the Tweety Bird. You want to know what all that's about? All right, let's do it. <sighs> the Philly fans, man. Like, they – it was all fun. It wasn't like no one was a jerk. No one – there was no arguments. But, of course, guy right two rows in front of us, Jalen Hurts jersey, doing this, turn around going, what's up, Tweety Birds? And it's just – it's it's it was bad. And I'm like, here these guys go. Full force, having fun. But I was like, Philly will Philly. Let me tell you. It was great. The best part about the night, not only that, but the best part of the night, 
guy right in front of me, right? Brandon, when I tell you this, I'm not kidding. And look, I know the Ravens got the streak and it's intense. And, you know, I'm not saying we all got into it like a regular season game, but this guy was off the rails. This Eagles fan, Brandon, lived and died with every play and it was pure <laughs> theater. When I tell you, when Ian Book was playing for them and he was like running for his life, the guy would put his hands on his head and he would be like, why are you running that way? And I'm like, this guy was invested. Like, I think he really, maybe he took the streak seriously and was like rooting his team hard. Like, we got to beat these guys. Like, this fan, and I'm like sitting there, I'm, I'm in like golf shorts, a polo, my hat. And I'm just like sitting back. I'm not even like game day gear. And I, he's like two seats right in front of me to the right. And I'm just laughing, carrying on, chuckling. Like, take a dude, it was great. Every time, like huffing and puffing. And then remember at the end when the Ravens threw the pick six? Dude, he was all standing up, clapping, and then they went for two. And then, of course, I'm giving him some a uh, little bit of the dirt. And uh, when he missed it, I was like, oh, oh, guess you should have ran the ball, huh? Oh, and I'm <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. And then giving it to him. And then uh, remember the uh, run uh, at the end of the game um, that could have pretty much sealed the deal uh, for the Ravens. Um, and it was it was an insane run. Unfortunately, it was called back uh, for a penalty. Uh, but – Given when that first happened, when the when when the when the play developed and we could have taken it to the house, we're all standing up cheering. I'm like a ball game, and the fan who was all invested, he's standing up and he's doing this man. He's doing the flag thing, like like ripping the flag out of his pocket. He's standing up, looking around like this, and of course I see the yellow laundry back in the backfield and the holding call negated. Uh, the would have been uh nail in the coffin per se, but um, you know, the Ravens ended up victorious, but that's just from that perspective. It was just so fun to be there. And then of course, when like, you know, the Ravens were about to steal victory, I'm like looking for the Hertz fan. He moves a couple rows down, uh, but I kept looking for him. I'm like, ah, guess you don't want to stand up no more, huh? What about <laughs> the Tweety birds? And we're like 24 straight. And then of course there was some, a little bit of John back and forth. And then we're like, Hey, we got two trophies. You got one. Uh, how about winning a Super Bowl instead of losing one? Because the Ravens don't know what that's like. So, uh, yeah, we, we got to give it to them because they're coming off a Super Bowl loss last year uh, so to the uh, Kansas City Chiefs. So um doesn't discount. Eagles had a great season, but this is a new season. It is Ravens season. And 24 straight preseason wins. Next is up is the Washington Commanders. Uh, so, but even before we get to that, man, um, what was your – what was your overall thoughts here on a um, on a preseason victory, 24 straight? How about it, man? What would you think? I mean, obviously it was great to have football back on TV. Absolutely loved having that. Again, uh, I've missed that environment. I've missed that chance of being able to see the games. Uh, it, it, it is just such a, a good time to watch and, you know, kind of zone out for a little bit. Uh, I think that the Ravens are on the right track. I don't think this is a perfect team. I think that the questions – I still had going into uh, uh, game one are still there for me. We, we really don't know what's going to happen with running back. We'll get into that a little bit later. I think left guard uh, still has some issues and cornerback is definitely a huge issue still for me and this team. Uh, so I think that the Ravens uh, still have some, some uh, questions that they need to answer. One of them though, I have to say, 
we talked about it last week on the show. Tyler Huntley, I think he's solidified his spot at, at QB2. I don't think he has any worry of what his job is going to be uh, going forward. Now, let me ask you this. On that same note, Tyler Huntley, QB2. Will the Ravens carry three quarterbacks on the roster this year? Because we know Lamar and his uh, his issues with injury, and Tyler Huntley also has a history with injuries. And even though he only played a quarter in this first preseason game, he did have to co- come out for a little bit. And there was a potential tweak of a hamstring. Everything seems to be okay. But he did have to leave the game for a little bit, and it was only one quarter. Do you think that the Ravens will potentially have three quarterbacks on the roster just as, you know, a, a, a safety net, if you will, if if needed? Yeah, I think they will, only because of the track record of the quarterback position being injury prone right now. <clears throat> Lamar Jackson, yes, they have to carry three. I don't trust the health of Lamar right now to do two. Um, now, if Lamar played every game since he came in the league, inserted himself in 2018 in the starting role, sure, I would carry – uh, to and back up and and deal with the third for an emergency situation when need be benetted. This team's got to carry three. Going back to last year, a little hazy on it, but I think they carried three, or they might have carried two and put Desnay on the practice squad and kind of elevate him to 53 man roster where needed. Because uh, you remember when Lamar went down, Huntley was a starter and St. Brown got emer- promoted to number two quarterback. Then Huntley went down and St. Brown actually started a game for us last year. Uh, I believe it was the Steelers game. Wasn't it the Steelers game that St. Brown started? Or is it a Browns game? I'm not positive. I'm not sure. It was one. No, it was one of those games because he was in there. Um, because we almost won the game. Um, but no, almost isn't a win, but I digress. But yeah, you, know, you got to carry three to answer your question and point. We got to talk about it, got to carry three points or not three quarterbacks. I should say not three points. But speaking of three points, the only starter that always just starts by default. The one and only goat, Justin Tucker, man. <laughs> and there was, there was the um, <clears throat> not not that he needs practice, not that he needs it, but he's having fun out there. But this is why I alluded to sixty and beyond. The dude kicks a sixty-yard field goal in a preseason game, like it was nothing. <laughs> I was like, we're like, it's good for ten. So of course he's at midfield doing this and having fun. And I pose the question to you, or I pose the question in the stands first off. We talked about it, and I'm going to pose a question to you, and I already know the answer because I got validation on it. But I was like, what would have happened if he kicked a field goal in preseason that was more than his record and he made it? Is that an NFL record? Does it count? The answer is no, it doesn't. Um, but that would be unfortunate, right? Because we were talking about that 60. That's why I said 60 and beyond. What if he had hit a 60-yard or, or beyond field goal? And it was an NFL record or close to his record, and it doesn't count. This is, I guess, like if somebody threw for like in the same amount of yards in the preseason games, they played the whole game or something crazy. And it's like, yeah, that's not an NFL record because the exhibition game, I get it, right? But stats don't count and they don't count towards anything. There's not even fantasy football for stats, but you can bet on these games. So it's pretty odd. But Tucker's out there having fun, doing his thing, kicking 60 yarders. We noticed who was out there, though, some of the rookies. And the one and only Zay Flowers. What do you think of his debut? Zay Flowers, I mean, it, it was a limited debut, but I'm very happy that they had him on the field for this one. Uh, there was a lot of questions whether or not we would see Zay Flowers. And I think you had to put him in there at least for a drive or two just so he'd get, you know, a little bit of a taste 
for uh, what the NFL is like compared to college. And I think it was a nice little uh, starting set for him. I think he looked really well. I, I think Zay Flowers, you know, knock on wood, stays healthy. Everything is good for him this season. I, I, I mean, this guy, I feel like he's going to light the world on fire. Let's see what happens in September, of course. But he's got the moves. He's fast. He's 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 able to do it all. Everything he's being asked to do, he is doing. And uh, I, I love what I'm seeing from Zay Flowers. It was very limited of what we saw, but what he was out there, man, he made the most of it. Every single uh, Every single inch, he made the most of it. He did, man. What was pretty interesting is him out there on the first play, first play of scrimmage, false start number four. He was antsy. So I'm like, all right, forgive the mistake because the Ravens knew they wanted to go to him early on. Next play, screen pass, right to Zay Flowers. What do you think he does? Jukes the guy out of out of his mind. Like plants, jukes. He planted right, jukes left. The defender goes flying. We're all in all. Here we go. No wonder he's called Joystick. Yeah. <laughs> Loved it. This guy's going to be a problem. For everybody else, not for us. That's the best part. For everybody else, yes. Thank goodness. Very Lamar-esque. Just cut. And you saw it in the video in camp. When I showed it to you, I was like, see? He literally went this way and then this way. He's like, doop, doop. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. And Peter King doing high praise and other media telling you. And that's national media. Um, I think – He's going to be Weapon X for the Ravens, man. It's going to be a big X factor coming in this year. And he's a rookie. Don't know what he's going to bring. But you're going to see the talent and the skill sets emerging um, often. Another observation I saw. Big drop-off. Big drop-off from second quarterback on back. Oddly enough, or interesting enough, just to say oddly enough. Um, oddly enough, I don't know where I got that. Huntley didn't start this game. It was Josh Johnson. That's right. And I was like, hmm. And then it got me thinking when I saw that, I was like, so are they going to hold both Lamar and Huntley out for the preseason? Because, of course, Harbaugh, no one tips their hand. He didn't know. No one knew who was playing. I know it's preseason, but still, you want the team to perform. I'm not saying, okay, win all these games in a row, preseason games, and go out and beat them 30 to nothing. Uh, but – it was pathetic in the first half. The Ravens had – there's 30 minutes of ball game in a half, right? The Ravens had a little over five minutes of possession time. Dominated, not in their favor in the time of possession. The offense only ran 14 plays. Okay. Huntley gets out there starting the second half. I was like, ooh, what do they do? Right down the field. And it's night and day difference. I was talking to a friend of mine, and he alluded to it. He's like, you can definitely tell Huntley's comfortable, and you can definitely tell he's the backup. He's been here a while. So he's comfortable with the offense. And I said, not only is he comfortable with the offense, he's running things efficiently with a new coordinator. So that's an observation. There is a clear distinction between number two and the rest. There's a big gap. We already know there's Lamar, and then there's a drop-off between your first and second quarterback. Some people might want to get on the airways and argue about it to the teeth. No. Tyler Huntley is not a starter in the NFL. He's a formidable backup in case the starter goes down. Let's call it what it is because, obviously, if he was a starter, he wouldn't have won us a playoff game last year. Huntley's not a starter, in my opinion, and nor should he be. He's a formidable backup. But that was the observation because then St. Brown entered the uh, fourth quarter phase because Huntley started the third. They gave Josh Johnson a whole first half of work. And then um, Anthony St. Brown, uh, St. Brown 
through that pick six, right? That ultimately could have ended the game, but luckily the Eagles and Sirianni went for two to not end this game in a tie, which would have been interesting because then, hey, Ravens' uh, perfect record still would have been, excuse me, attacked because it wasn't a technical loss. Because I don't even think there's overtime in in preseason, right? I think it just ends in a tie. I don't even know if there's ties in preseason or if it's ever happened. But the Eagles wanted to win it right then and there. The pick six, the Ravens were up – seven at the time, you know, obviously 13, 20 to 13 and the pick six ended up being 19 to 20 missed two point conversion as we know was the final. Um, so again, there's the quarterback position that I certainly want, but I think me and you deferred, I think you wanted to focus on the offensive line. If I remember my memory serves correctly from the last show, when we were talking about what positions mm-hmm. I was, I was more on the secondary you, yeah, you were worried about uh, the special teams. You wanted to know who's going to be special, doing. Oh, that's right, the kick returners. Right. Yes, and, and and then the secondary was second. You were more concerned about the offensive line, right? Right. Given that, what were your observations on the offensive line? What did you say? Were, were you vindicated? Were you concerned? Are you happy? I'm I'm happy that we got to see Salah out there and doing his thing. He's been the the rookie six rounder that uh, potentially could be on the left guard. Uh, I think he had a kind of an uneven game. You know, again, first time NFL player. He, he's a six rounder. I didn't expect his game to be perfect. He he did uh, suffer a couple penalties, but that's again that's what preseason is for. I I definitely still think that there is going to be a, a, a battle between him and Simpson moving forward of who is actually going to get that spot unfortunately though it seems as if a guy who is on the outs probably will not make this 53-man roster is big big country ben cleveland big big country big country looked terrible in this game and this country looked big terrible what happened (laughs) what happened I you, I want you to tell me that Ben Cleveland came in a couple of years ago. He was he's this big guy. Everybody was loving him. He was telling everybody how he eats squirrel and stuff like that. And we saw him at AEW with with Coach Harbaugh and Marlon Humphrey a, a year or two ago. Like this guy was was supposed to be the next great big lineman, and he, he's running the risk of not being there. I mean, there's this left guard spot open right now, and you have a rookie six rounder beating you out for that spot. I mean, there's, there's potential. Like he didn't even get any plays at, at left guard at all. He was on the right side, but in some of these, uh, uh, highlight clips, it's highlight for the other team because Ben Cleveland just got run over. Ben Cleveland was on the right side and he literally just got pushed off, swam move right around. And Johnson was running, to his right out of the pocket and led to an incomplete pass. Yeah. Barely even blocked the guy. As soon as, I mean, he didn't really do nothing. Just, it's almost like Ben wasn't there. Big concern. They showed on the video board. I didn't see it live. I mean, obviously the play happened in front of me live, but it wasn't my first observation. But when they showed the video replay on, on in, in the stadium, I kind of caught it. And I was like, did 66 just get beat? And I'm like, oh. And then of course, luckily I found the highlight online. That was true. That is a big concern, man. So that is something to monitor heading into the Washington game this weekend, how that offensive line shaping up, because that's going to be a problem because we do not want that to happen. A regular season game, Lamar and company running for his life. Again, that's going to set the tone for any disaster. I don't care. I, I don't care who you got at coordinator. I don't care what weapons you have. You can't pass block and allow Lamar or any quarterback have the time 
things are going to transpire in a very negative fashion with this offense. So got to clean up the line you know, big time. But who I thought really with sh- really shown was uh, Flaley. Um, he was great uh, in in the in the uh, in the blocking scheme. So for what it's worth, watch out, watch out for that competition on the line. I really can't see how it transpires, man. I'm looking forward to it. In yeah. the trenches, it's where it starts and ends. That's right. I, I will say, uh, wide receiver. It, it looks like you know we've with uh, Rashad Bateman coming back. Of course, we didn't see him in this game, but with him being back back on the practice field, it looks like our first uh, at least three, maybe four, uh, with Nelson Aguilar in there as well. Uh, wide receivers have been solidified, so there's still a spot or two open. I think Devin Duvernay looked really good, but a guy who's been a longtime Raven, James Prochet, he didn't look great. There again, potential of him not making this roster as well. So. The these jobs are getting snatched up, and uh, Big Ben Cleveland and James Prochet, I think, will not be on this 53-man roster come September. You don't think so? I don't. What about you? No. Certainly can agree with that statement, man. I don't think so. The fumble didn't help. Mm-hmm. Got to secure the ball uh, first and foremost. You know, what it's really telling is, and it's good telling, how deep the Ravens are at receiver this year. A whole different story jokes. than last year. Right, and there was jokes from the Ravens um, media members on the X app. I almost said Twitter. Got to get used to X. I like X. They pointed out that there's pretty much a strong competition for wide receiver six, and Tillon Wallace is the leader. Hmm. By the way, speaking of Duvernay Wallace, breaking down those plays, what was impressive to me, not only the catches but the passes – I don't think we've seen that from the Ravens offense, let alone receivers and quarterbacks in mm. a long time. Yeah. Let's take the most recent touchdown, Tillon Wallace. How about Huntley putting the ball where it needed to be? And if you saw the play, it was almost like design. He was engaged with the corner, and then Wallace had to go over here, and the ball was already – it was like the ball was in the air, and then Wallace turned around and made his move and like snapped it, and he caught it out of thin air with his hands, not his body. Snatched it out of the air and secured it. And Devin Duvay had almost a similar, probably a similar catch in the other end zone, you know, earlier. You know, it, you know, they went, they were trying to force feed the ball to Flowers. It wasn't working. He went to Duvernay on the other side. And Duve caught one. It was very eerie similar to that, right? And that's something I noticed about that is the where the ball was placed with these two quarterbacks, obviously, uh, and, and the way and just the way it was managed and the way the routes are run. And, and Duve, we know, had a great week one last year against the Jets with two touchdowns um, and debating with the third last year as we know it. Um, you know, that was impressive to me, seeing crisp routes, the timing and execution. It, it wasn't like the receivers out there dropping wide open balls. I mean, you know, I mean, how about Charlie Kohler getting in the mix in the tight end spot? Um, he was out there making plays. How about Keaton Mitchell making a statement in the running game along with Justice Hill? And the run, I know there was a hole there that probably sprung him, but he still made an athletic move, and he had wheels. Penalty or not, that's a play to keep watch of. And what was even more telling, Keaton Mitchell's name comes up, and who steps on the practice field today for the Ravens? One and only. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, I, I, J.K. is back. What and we're co- not J.K.ing at all. 
What, what a coincidence, don't you think? Yeah. What a coincidence that yeah. this guy, Keaton Mitchell, undrafted guy, has a great game. And, oh, oh, magically, J.K. Dobbins feels better, and he's on the practice field. Is that just a coincidence there, or is something else going on? Well, that's a big quinky dink. <laughs> a big quinky dink. Yeah, dude, come on. Like, come on, who are you playing? He, he was like, all right, all right, I hear you guys. The running, the running game is looking pretty good. Obviously, we didn't see Gus out there didn't need to be. Um, it was the Justice Hill, Keith Mitchell, and Melvin Gordon show. Um, good to see Melvin Gordon out there making making a statement for himself, man. And the running game, it was all right. Again, Keith Mitchell had a highlight. It was called back from penalty. It would have been the you know proverbial nail in the coffin uh, in the game. They even still closed it out. However, I thought the running game was fine. Um, running game looked good. Yeah, it, did, it wasn't like these guys were like, get stuffed at the line. I'm like, all right, like I, I had no overall. Yeah. You wanted to do better, but I have no issues with the offense right now. Other than we know the line's the weak spot, right? I have no issues. And St. Brown is probably right now. I would say maybe I say right now, he's probably the fourth quarterback on the depth chart. Josh Johnson might make the make a case for the third spot. That that's the way I see it. You know, defensively, um, let's turn over that side of the ball. Defensively, well, before you do that, hold on one second. I uh, do, I'm getting ahead of you, huh? I do want to say this. So we uh, just talking a little bit about J.K. Dobbins coming back onto the field. I do want to spotlight uh, a good friend of the show, Wes. Uh, he wrote on our Facebook page. Be glad to see J.K. back, though. We're definitely a better team with him than without him, even though I think the running game would have been fine without him. Got a lot of catching up to do. Wonder wonder if they'll have him play in the preseason game to get some work in. So I got to ask you, with that game against the Commanders coming up on Monday, yeah, a full week away on Monday night of next week, do you think, given J.K. Dobbins uh, sitting out, not being a part of mini camp, not being a part of training camp yet, and his history of getting hurt against the commanders in the preseason. Is there any chance that we might see JK Dobbins on the field Monday night against the commanders? To answer Wes's point, by the way, Wes, thanks for chiming in. Great question. We love the interaction. Great points. Yes. I firmly believe we will see JK out there. I, you have to be now. I might be totally wrong because remember JK got hurt in the very same game against the same team two years ago. Preseason game, he went down 21. So do you do that again? I would imagine they have to give him a little bit of work. What's the harm? Um, again, you know the Ravens manage with these things. They, they're always playing careful than not. Um, given the track record, again, might not be out there. I think you should. You're going to make a name for yourself, ace for yourself. Got to get out there and knock the rust off a little bit. Look, I'm also glad he's back. I think it's, you know, like I said, it's coincidence, right? Timing. You know, okay. You like running game looked decent. Okay. Not world beaters, but oh, yeah, now JK's back. Glad to see him back. Activate off the pup list right now. The Ravens have nobody on that list. Uh, I think they got to get him a little bit of game action to get him, get him some work. And, you know, to the point of JK, I like to see him get some work. If he doesn't get the work, I'll be a little disappointed. But again, remember, take it for what it was. He got hurt in the preseason game that year. And then, of course, Gus Edwards and Peters got hurt in training camp the same year. That was a crazy year. We don't want to repeat that. But look, and that was the point back then two years ago when Dobbins went down to preseason game and then the other guys went down in training camp. I'm like, the other guys got hurt in camp and you don't say nothing about that? 
whether they play him in a preseason game or training camp, these guys got hurt regardless. So I, I, I just don't want JK to line up against Houston Texans. I don't want, and and we talked about it last night. Some of the fans in the stands, man. I I I, I wish the Ravens would give the starters some work because I don't want the first time they line up against a rookie quarterback at home on defense or or come out. I don't want to come out flat. I still believe the downfall of the 2019 squad in the divisional round of the Titans game when they had the number one overall seed is they rested for three weeks. I think that hurt them. It's all about momentum, right? Um, I, I got really upset at that, and I, I just – I don't know. I, I just think that you got to give these guys some work. Um, stop it with the injuries and putting people – things are going to happen, dude. I mean, I hurt my finger playing golf. Look, I mean – me things happen you're gonna get injured no matter what like just come on like are you, not, are you not holding the club correctly how did you hurt your finger in golf don't want to ask, don't <laughs> ask. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you off the air it's embarrassing i'll tell you off the air i've been golfing once i did not get injured but i also barely hit the ball so again by the way you're going again uh, you think you think so yeah you're going again <laughs> you're going again Wes, we appreciate that and um you know I'm certainly looking forward to see who they deploy against Washington. But before we even get to that, um, defensive side of the ball, notice that David Ajabu was out there for the defense on Saturday night. He was, yeah, absolutely. Right. He's he's a guy we've been talking about all training camp. He didn't look perfect, but again, you know, he played just one or two games last year. This I probably would still say this is his rookie season, so still got to get used to the NFL, still needs to do all that. I'm glad he was out there because I think this is going to help him in the long run. Well, it is, and I and I I certainly wanted to go put on my coach's hat for a minute and said, I don't need you to be perfect. I need you to be consistent. Right. Go out there, just do your job, man. You motor out, ball out, show us what you can do. But it's good to see him out there, and that's something I observed, especially when the offense and defense took the field for the first time. Who was out there and who wasn't? And right away, two names I already said. See, Flowers, I noticed immediately for the Ravens, and David Ajabo noticed immediately for the Ravens on defense there. So. But I will point this out. We already know the offensive line for the Ravens is going to be a problem and issue going forward, yet to be determined a lot to be sorted out there. Apart from my focal point of the kick and punt return duties, it was a little hodgepodge of everybody. I think Keith Mitchell got involved in it at some point. Justice Silva was out there. I can't wait to see what happens against Washington, so I'm going to put a pin in that, but I will say this. The secondary that I saw, I was not pleased with, especially with Mike McDonald and some of his coverages. It was a third and long, long third and long for the Eagles. They converted in a soft zone first down right over the middle of the field. That remains the weakest spot in this defense. Now, I know the whole full starting squad wasn't out there, but it is an issue that continues to get under my skin and – Boy, does Brandon Stevens look horrible? I was gonna. Oh, so uh, all right. So this is good. This is a good conversation to have. Oh, Brand, Brandon Stevens. While I will say did not have a great game, I don't want him to be one of the starting cornerbacks or anything like that. This guy kind of sounds or looks like a Swiss Army knife a little bit in the fact that. He can kind of play in all these different places. While I don't think it just based on what we saw on Saturday would guarantee him a spot on the 53-man roster, we're at a point right now where there are so many guys missing that just the fact that this guy is versatile and can play different spots, 
he there's a good chance we're going to see him on opening night. You think so? I do. I, I think he'll be a part of this just for the sheer fact that he can bounce all over the field and, and play in different spots. And what, special teams, maybe? Maybe, absolutely. Okay. Be- because right. that, that corner uh, cornerback position is just it's just annihilated right now. There's there's they just needed bodies to play, and there's guys even today getting hurt at the cornerback position. So I think maybe just out of necessity, we're going to see Brandon Stevens out on the field. More than likely, but they did add some reserves today. Mm-hmm. They added some depth. Cornerback Trey Hayes was claimed by the Ravens today. So he's a former Panther. Um, I do have some notes about this guy. Ready Let's hear this. him. He's Let's a, do it. He's a champion. He is a champion right now. He was formerly a Lion. He was way by the Lions. Um, he's played 13 games, but he just came from, you could probably call it the minor leagues of the NFL wasn't the XFL. He just came from the USFL and won the championship last year. Oh, wow. Okay. For this past season for the USFL. So take that for what you will. Championship pedigree. He's been there. He's got some playing time recently and he's a corner, which we need more of not. And look, we're set at safety. We're not talking about the secondary safety's fine. Right. I ain't worried about that. It's the coverages in the corners. And look, I'm not like going all scorched earth on Brandon Stevens, but some of the coverages, I'm just like, dude, come on, man. Like some of them, I, I just don't know if he's undersized or mismatched or what, but there were some coverages. I'm just like, all you do is turn around. And it was like, he was always a split second late. Like when the receiver stopped and turned around there, like he was just like, he didn't get beat beat like with a long pass. But the problem is like when the play was completed, he was there at least to corral the, the receiver, tackle the receiver, didn't let him go. But it just wasn't there for like pass defense or pass coverage. It was just like he was just there in the area. So when the receiver caught it, he was there to kind of stop the play, which is great, right? No extra yards after catch, no yak yards. But um, that's something of a note that I saw. And then I just wasn't overall impressed. And it just seemed like any time the Eagles had something going on offense and it was a pass play, it just looked like 21 was in the mix. Right. Like every look, I'm like, ah, uh-huh, there he is. Like, just happened to be 21 that I saw. So, um, but again, live versus on TV, you know, like, you know, you're going to see what you're going to see. And I'm always seeing all kinds of different action. I'm looking every different direction sometimes. But from what I observed, it seemed to me 21 was, you know, more more of the problems than not. Doesn't mean that the whole secondary or somebody else had a bad bad day or bad situation. But it's just my observations, it's just from where I, my bird's eye view and where I was sitting. But we'll see. Let's see. Like Trey Hayes is here. Um, we already know, you know, with the subtraction with Marcus Pierce not coming back, they, the corner was a problem and a little focal point that we needed to focus on there in the secondary because they were a little weak, call it what it is. I mean, you know, you got Marlin, but then it's like, where do you go from there? Because, you know, you know, you know, the safety position is set. You know, you got Marcus Williams, got Kyle Hamilton, um, you know. Can't wait to see what happens in the secondary, man, especially these corners. But we'll see what transpires heading into preseason week two against these Washington Commanders. 
That's right. We got to wait all the way until Monday night to see that game. Unfortunately, they're making us wait a little extra long to see these Ravens versus the Commanders. Maybe we'll see a little bit of what they could match up with on uh, during practice. They have Tuesday and Wednesday as a joint practice this week. So that'll be uh, definitely one to pay attention to. So, uh, Josh, before we get out of here, anything else we should cover in this preseason game before we move on? Um. In the pre, if you're mentioning preseason game, certainly think we got it covered. I mean, I was just happy to see the Raven victorious and look for what it's worth. Someone's asking me, like, would you be disappointed? Yeah, of course you'd be disappointed, but it'll be quickly forgotten. As soon as they get that first loss, um, it'll be something of note to talk about. Yeah, they lost preseason game, but then no one's going to ever talk about it because it's, it's an exhibition. But the winning streak, I will tell you this, though, it was actually because we stayed to the bitter end. And it was actually the streak has a little bit of it, it gives you a little bit of like incentive, I guess, and a little bit of like rooting interest because you're like, like I literally like now I'm saying I'd never care about the game, but literally I was like I was like looking at the scoreboard and like look I was like definitely rooting for them to win. Like I was like they got to win, and then like um, some of my um, section section mates, I should call them, um, they they were echoing and I said the streak's personal. Like, this is personal. We want that 24. And I'm like, it's just, let's keep this going as long as they can, right? Like, let's get to 25 and then 26 and then end the preseason at 26 and then see what happens next year, right? They can only continue it so much so every year. So um, let's let's keep it going. Right now, it's it's the unofficial NFL record. I mean, it, it is a record. They're keeping it. And I really joked and said, I bet you the next closest team is like one or two streak. <laughs> like, I don't think anybody's probably got more than three. So I think for terms, if you really want to call this a true unofficial record for what it's worth, I think this will probably never be broken. So it's pretty fun that the Ravens own something like this and it's something to talk about. And I love it like Adam Schefter before the game, like for what it's worth, Ravens won 23 in a row of these things. And, you know, it's, you know, some people are going to show their stars. I'm like, who cares? Who gives anything? But you know, some people care. I mean, there's some Raven fan out there. They don't really care to like, who cares? It doesn't, you know, it's exhibition. I'm like, okay. All right. Well, and like, I, like I alluded to, man, I talked to my friends about it. I'm like, we're all competitive. There's a scoreboard. You're going to want to win it. There's a winner and a loser. You definitely want to be a winner. I don't care if it's money, bragging rights or anything on the line. I mean, look, we play fantasy football every year amongst friends. We are highly competitive, my father included. So we get, you get heated, man. It's intense. It's it's competition. It's again, it's fun, but it's what it's out there. And like, go get go win that scoreboard. Let's go win another one against Washington Commanders. All right. So uh, before we get out of here, we gotta we gotta discuss this. Uh, I know the show's kind of running long already, but I, we have to bring this up about a former Baltimore Raven. Yeah, man. Absolutely. We need to unpack this. Um, Michael Orr was in the news today, and honestly, really a a, a tragic story like a heartbreaking story he is actually suing his i i don't even know what to call them at this point his adopted family uh because some documents have been uncovered and it seems as if this family has kind of extorted money from michael orr and never actually adopted him like that is uh, imagine your the your family and then your adopted family who said, oh, we're going to take care of you and we're going to take you in and everything. And then you're not actually adopted. 
like that is that is heartbreaking to find out too that it's due to the fact that they became like a conservative over him and were in charge of him and his money and they did a movie The Blind Side Sandra Bullock won an Oscar from this movie about Michael Orr's life and Michael Orr never got a dime from that but the family that quote unquote adopted him made a couple hundred thousand dollars off of him and his likeness Absolutely tragic story. We we know that Michael Orr is suing his former family over this. Uh, I, I don't, at least at last time I looked, the Tui family uh, has not released a statement or anything. If, if something else has come out, please let me know. But honestly, this is just, this is a heartbreaking, a tragic, a, a very difficult story to read. I feel terrible for Michael Orr. Uh, I feel like he's been lied to his entire life. It really is just a tragic story. Brother, man, I mean, it's an outpouring of emotion, right? Um, you know, the movie, the movie's one of my favorites. I always love watching it. Um, I've always been proud of the story because he was drafted as a Baltimore even, and he has ties. I actually have a picture um, signed by Michael Orr when he was a Baltimore Raven, and it was signed on the blind side, you know, so like – I, I have know, a blindside poster signed by Michael Orr. Yeah. So, I mean, it's special, right? Um, I think they know, actually showed that movie. Remember, they do like the summer movie nights at the stadium. Yeah. They, sh- they showed the blindside a year or so after that came out. So, I mean, this is like this movie and this story, which up until this point was a very feel good story, uh, was a huge part of of the, the Ravens history and Michael Orr's history. But uh, this 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 story. Story takes a turn now, and it, this one hurts. Hurts deeply. Now, I mean, that's my first initial thoughts. Um, yeah, I read the article in its entirety. You know, obviously, we socialized it on our Facebook page. My dad certainly shared it with me, and I went through and read it. Certainly, there again, a lot to unpack. Got to go through the courts. We only know what we know. Again, there's it's it's allegedly right. Apparently. My first instinct was why – and again, this was before I read some of the facts in the article. So this isn't my thoughts now. But my first reaction when I heard that and saw the 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 title was like, why wait all this time? Because that's what usually people do, right? It's if it bothered you and if it was a problem, why did you come wait to come out? Like it's always like timing, right? Like very fishy, like like just anything that happens, right? You always – that's my – I'm always like that like – I always think outside the box and like if something doesn't make sense and it smells fishy, it is fishy. But then when you read about it, I think he didn't discover it till what, February of this year? Right, right. Yeah. So that was like, okay. So that I got off of that because I was like, all right, he didn't find out till this year. Right. There there have been like there have been some questions about money and everything, because as a conservatorship, this family took care of all of his his financial uh, businesses or whatever, and they still did up until this past year. So as he was trying to get out from underneath that conservatorship, they found this paperwork that showed that he was never actually adopted. Yeah, and, and it basically it, – it, 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 it puts a black eye at this whole situation. It undoes the whole premise of the movie, right? And it really I maintains mean, Sandra's – uh, award, you know, for the for the movie, it takes everything. Um, I will say this though. Um, I hope I hope everything comes to light and the truth is found out. And Mike gets what's rightfully owed and deserved to him. It's his story. Um, 
you know, speaking of fan uh, interaction, I certainly want to read this. Uh, one of our fans, Mike Miller, uh, commented. I certainly want to read his comment because I want to address it too, and I'll certainly want to reply and let him know we addressed it on the show as well as Wes, um, not to let their comment go unchecked. But he he said that movie was ridiculous when they basically portrayed him, got him in bed, when they got him in bed and he acted like he didn't know what a bed was, right? And it in his tongue was that is horrible. They scammed him like that. If I remember, the dad was supposed to be an executive at FedEx. And the fact that Michael was the only one not to make any money off the movie, even dumber than acting like he had no clue what a bit is. And that was kind of like it brought me to think. Thanks, Mike, for that comment. It brought me to think about that, too, because when I was watching that movie and I think or mentioned that and I think it was mentioned in the article, too, about that, that how he was portrayed. Right. And right. that kind of got me thinking. I'm not saying no one was right or wrong. I'm not putting the blame on Michael himself. I'm not putting the blame on produce. I'm not putting the blame on anybody. But. If if Michael or himself knew, like again, I got a read through article. This was mentioned about the movie or not, so I'm looking for guidance if you even know. But I'm assuming Mike or himself was aware of how this movie was going to be portrayed by him by or this movie was going to be portrayed about him, and he would have some say in that because if that was the incorrect portrayal from Mike. I'm surprised if he wasn't involved in the movie anywhere, shape or form. I'm really surprised at that because if the movie is about you and your life, you should be involved to hear Mike kind of talk about that. And he was kind of taken back by that. It was surprising to me because it's like, I, it just seems to me he was in the dark about this whole thing. Like, were you not involved in the production and the portrayal of yourself in this movie? It didn't seem like it. Is that the case? I mean, I don't know. It just didn't seem like he was aware of that. But to Mike's point, um, Mike Miller, I should say, our, our fan. Um, yeah, I've always noticed that every time I've watched it, it's like, you know, it just seemed to me it was a weird and distasting portrayal of Mike. Like, you know, given he was probably way more intelligent than that. Give him a little bit more credit. I mean, he's made a great life for himself. It's done something right, and it just it, just to me, it always rubbed me the wrong way. Is where I'm getting at. It's just it didn't sit right with me, even though it was a great movie and all that, and it was near dear to our hearts, and it was a great football movie. It just always bothered me the, that 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 portrayal happened, and you know, it, it is what it is. And I certainly side with Mike's opinion on that. I remember when it the movie came out, Michael Orr did come out and say, "Yeah, that movie took a lot of liberties, um, but that was for for the movie's sake. You know, they, they made me look like I had never played an ounce of football before, and I didn't understand how the game of football worked. But I very much understood football, and I had played it ever since I was a little kid. And he had a book come out. I think it was like the True Blind Side or the Real Blind Side or something like that. And it came out to kind of address some of the issues that had he." had with the movie now i know he has a book coming out this week or or last week as well um kind of to discuss a, a couple more things but i remember even when the movie came out and everyone talked about it how he was already like a little he's like no nah, that's not exactly how it happened so obviously this is something that has bothered michael for a long long time um and you know he investigated you know why certain things happened and when you do that really terrible things like this come up with your family. I mean, when money gets involved, it's really sad, but all bets are off. Family, friends, whatever. When money's involved, it changes things. But again, just hope everything comes to light, full justice is served. It's all gets settled. But 
I just couldn't believe what Mike is even going through, right? To, to face them in court and for the people that you would think that was your family, they were using you and your likeness and everything else. So you feel used and betrayed. So um, I was trying to have empathy for him in that regard and prayers to the whole situation at all get straightened out. And, uh, you know, you can't change the wounds of that past, right? But now let, let's just hope it just gets resolved and, and – um, Everybody just goes their separate ways and, and deals with it accordingly. But, um, w- you know, with that being said, certainly, um, you know, switching gears real quick to close out the show, um, as well as that we always preview games right. Um, but I think in a nutshell, preview of this game coming up, very simple, right? It's Washington Commanders in Washington, preseason game number two, um, recording earlier this week. So, you know, for the most part, there is a clean bill of health for the Ravens. We know Rocky Sin dealt with an injury in training camp. He's still on the mend. Nothing to be threatening there. Um, we know it from J.K. being removed off the pup list. The Ravens have no active players on any pup list right now. Um, still early enough to see what the game plan is. If Harbaugh is even going to play even more starters, um, I don't expect to. Again, we already talked about J.K.'s situation. Hopefully we'll see him out there. Um, again, I think looking into this matchup, I'm going in all three phases right there. I still want, I still want to look at the line. Is 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 number one uh, jobs in the line there, and look how that goes. Want to go again? Look at kicking and punt returning duties, and then again, in secondary. I'm I'm looking at the same three kind of positions right now. Um, I don't want to change anything. If any Brunk will fix it, receivers looked all right. Um, you know, I will say I will say this though. Um, we're missed going backwards. I'm going to go backwards a second to move forward is there were far too many false start penalties for the offensive line. They were getting a little ahead of themselves, a little antsy. I want to see the false starts cut down because they were shooting themselves in the foot too much, especially I know it wasn't the ruckus crowd and all that, but it's at home. Um, even if they're on the road, it's not going to be as ruckus, but again, stop it with the nonsense. Got to get that under control with their drive killers, their momentum killers, you just can't and again five yards is five yards, but when the change struggles, sometimes to get five yards, it changes the dynamic of play calling, it changes the dynamic of momentum and where you're at. You know, first and ten going to first and fifteen, or if you're at, you know, you're second and three, or even if you're third and three and you get a false start, now you're third and eight. That changes the playbook, right? Then it could change the play. You miss it and going fourth down a punt. These things gotta stop. So I need to cut down a little mistakes, but they're rusty. Want to get that, and that's something that I want to see him improve on coming in preseason game week two. Um, certainly rooting and hoping for a Ravens victory. Why not, right? Keep the streak alive to 25. Um, but um, we'll see if they emerge victorious and win the scoreboard. But first and foremost, win the health bill, clean bill of health for both teams involved. And let's hope uh, we can evaluate some more of these players before the uh, wave of cuts start. Absolutely. We got a week until we got to wait for the Ravens versus Commanders. A lot can change within that week, but keep doing what you're doing, Ravens. Let's get a win on uh, next Monday and let's solidify this team. Let's make this the best 53-man roster that the Ravens absolutely can. We want everybody to be top bill of health. We want all the top talent showing off, making sure that they're hungry. They want to be a part of this team and that's what we want to see. So, Josh, have we covered everything for this episode of The Call? Well, the Raven never mo. 
All right, everybody. Well, if you would like to continue the conversation with Josh or I, you can. It's real easy. All you have to do is join our Discord, discord.gg slash the call podcast. Make sure you join our server there, have some tailgate talk, some game day chat, all that good stuff. Tell us what's going on, what you think of the Baltimore Ravens. You can join our Discord, discord.gg slash the call podcast. Now, we do this show for free. You listen, stream, and download for free on all of your favorite podcast platforms. It's especially Overcast. Overcast. (laughs) All we ask in return is for you to please spread the word about the show. Write us an Apple podcast review, rate us over on Spotify, and then be social with the show. Let people know on Facebook and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinterest and Instagram and Reddit and Snapchat and Twitch and TikTok and Hive and anywhere you're social on the web. X and Y and Z. X (laughs) X and Threads. Are you on Threads? Did you start a thread? I, I thought threads were a th- I, I don't even know anymore. They create new ones now. <laughs> I don't even know what threads are. I don't do Instaface or Snap. There was it Snapface or Snapbook, as Bill Politic said. He mixed them up. I always loved that. I got to find that quote. That was great. That was great. But no, I don't do any of those things anymore. No I, I stick to my main hitters, and I don't venture in the mewees and everything else. Yeah. Well, we're all over the place, but please join us over on Facebook, facebook.com slash the call podcast. Like us over there. You can listen to the show directly on our Facebook page if you so do uh, decide to. And, you know, we are we're we're trying to open up an Instagram account. I'm not going to say exactly the name right now. We are trying to open it up. We're going to put some of our reels up there. I should point this out. We did start up a brand new YouTube page. I forgot to bring this up earlier. I want everybody to know this. Brando Cash Pods on YouTube. You will follow us there. We will be putting out all of our shows on YouTube, all of our shorts on YouTube, and you can also check out my other podcast, What the Puck, when Capitals hockey season starts. So you can find all of our new shows and our shorts over on our YouTube as well as our Facebook page. So that is pretty much it. Make sure you subscribe, like, subscribe, comment on the YouTube page, share the YouTube page as well. Uh, We want to make sure everybody can can get everything there if if youtube turns out to be something really cool maybe josh and i do some live videos on youtube well we got lots of things in the in the cooker right now for this year so make sure you check us in the cooker so uh we're over on youtube at brando cash pods so that is pretty much it for the show this week josh take us out the way you always do brandon man thank you so very much and i'm looking forward to another installment of raven streak preseason edition uh rooting for the team hard hey why not right let's keep the streak alive it's fun and uh hey for the scoreboard out there let's go win it let's go beat the commanders and we just wish the team again always a clean bill of health and these jobs on the line who will emerge we always appreciate the feedback love talking ravens football with y'all the call faithful with that being said all the way to monday night football preseason style down in Landover, Maryland. Yes, we still stay in state for this one. So are they really another? I mean, we at DC, but Landover, Maryland, we get it. I always call it Maryland B Squad. We get it, right? <laughs> Let's go still take it to the B Squad. Bow the bellies, B Squad, A Squad versus B Squad. How about it? But hey, as the uh, as the Eagles fans like to call us the Tweety Birds, the Tweety Birds are going to go down south and tussle with the Commanders. So with that being said. Baltimore Ravens into preseason week number two. How about it? 
Let's fly high. Hey, everybody. Josh and I were closing off the show and we were finished and uh, we were hanging up our headphones and uh, we checked our phones and we saw some really unfortunate news come across our X Twitter feeds. And uh, unfortunately, it seems as if Alex Collins, former running back for the Baltimore Ravens, uh, has passed away. Unfortunately, um, he was only 28 years old. Really absolutely tragic, um, tragic passing here. Guy, he had a, a ton of talent. Uh, he worked so well with the Ravens. He was with the UCFL most recently, but really, really just sad news coming in as we hear that Alex Collins, former Baltimore Raven, has passed away today. Josh, I mean, this is we never ever want to hear news like this, but unfortunately, it's stuff that we, we've been covering now on the call. Just uh, you know, recently this summer, it was Alex Collins and Ryan Mallett both passed away. You know, last year it was Tony Saragusa and uh, Sack Daddy. Uh, who passed away, unfortunately, quite suddenly as well. But really, uh, uh, just you'd never want to report on this kind of stuff. But it, it's really sad news that we're reading right now. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is, man. Um, especially at a younger age, man. Um, we get that death is a part of life, but we get it that it's when the journey runs itself and you've lived a, a full life. Um, again, you don't want anybody taken from you, you know, family, friends, but we get it, right? It's something we're not immortal, and there is a day and time for that. Uh, but given the young Alex Collins, he didn't even see age 30. Um, I feel for his family. I feel for his friends. I feel for everybody, man, around him, his former teammates. Um, lost a good one way, way, way too soon. Uh, very hard version of my heart and condolences go out to friends and family, man. Um, certainly say prayers for them. Um, just tragic news. And we extend our thoughts, prayers, condolences from the call out to the, the Collins family and, and all of his, um, all of his friends too, as well. Um, man, it's just so tragic, man. So tragic. Never like to hear that. So young, man. Wow. Unfortunate. Yeah, it's uh, this is so unfortunate. It it for everybody. I mean, his family. We we definitely send our thoughts and our prayers to Alex Collins' uh, family, uh, to all of his his fans around the world. If you remember, he he would dance uh, an Irish jig uh, after he got a touchdown. Uh, the NFL kind of put a spotlight on that as well. The guy seemed so full of life, and uh, he seemed like he he was he was working hard to to be in the NFL, um, absolutely tragic, not even 30 years old yet. And he's no longer with us. So, um, we are very sorry for everybody out there and, uh, we're going to take the next, you know, 10 seconds or so and whatever you believe in, uh, whether, you know, you want to send out some, some good thoughts, a prayer, good vibes, whatever, whatever you believe in, let's take the next couple seconds here and just send our thoughts and ever and prayers and everything else out to the Collins family and um, to to the whole Ravens flock and everyone. Uh, what a what a tragic passing. Alex Collins, only twenty eight years old. 